You're listening to Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Too Loud TX, and here back with me all the way from the trip from California, back here once again, Monster Deface. What's going on, buddy? What's up? What's up, boys? Yeah, and that's right, guys. I, I took the red eye, man. As much as I love you, you know, in, in the West Coast and showing you guys over there some love, I, I just can't go West to East, man. Red eyes work best for me. Yeah, you always take the red eye. I was going to say that. Like, you always take the red eye. As often as I can, man, because I like to have a Monday day ahead of me. You lose a whole day, man, if you travel from West to East. That's true. That's true. I, you lose a day anyways. Like, I feel like traveling in itself is so, I mean, it, I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was traveling when I went to Kansas City and came back, and I was only gone for a day, and I was just like, dude, I'm so exhausted from traveling. You would think, oh, you just sit in a plane, you just go, but like, I don't know what it is. It's like driving. They say driving is like one of the most, you know, uh, demanding things on your mind and makes you more tired than almost anything else. And you would think, oh, I'm just sitting down driving, but your mind's constantly like focusing and looking at things. And I, and I know, I know from experience and you do it way more than me, but traveling around the country and prepping yourself, especially when you're alive, like you guys are and having to be energetic and keep that going. And always, I'm sure you're drained, bro. When you hit that red eye, do you fall asleep when you come home? Uh, I fall. Yeah, I definitely need more sleep when I'm here. Um, and then obviously you never get good sleep on a flight. You know, you're, you're yeah. kind of tossing and uncomfortable neck pain, back pain, whatever. It's never, yeah. it's never very comfortable. Unless you ride in that first class where those seats like recline uh, real nice. Yeah, and you know, get I'm, not, I'm not there yet, Troy. I don't, I don't know what you, <laughs> funny, but, uh. I've, I've had, to, I've had that luxury one time when I flew out to LA and it was, it was, it was really, really nice. It was like, Oh, sir, what else can I get you? Here's your steak dinner. I'm like, all right, I, I can, uh. I can do this. If I can fly like that all the time, I'd fly everywhere. Well, uh, a lot going on, obviously, bringing us in from the week six qualifiers. We're going to jump in and talk about that. Uh, we got some things like, you know, the Tifu discussion that's so hot today as we're talking that we're going to we're going to talk on. Uh, we got an email from a listener uh, that we're going to discuss as well. So a lot to cover here, guys. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Make sure you're checking out everything that Monster's putting out on his YouTube channel. Even when he's out in California, he's working on content for you guys. So uh, make sure you're checking out. He's always has something going on. Even if he's out there, he's uploaded. So make sure you check out those videos. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast, uh, especially with all the stuff we are going to be probably be announcing here this next week. And then, um, of course, hopefully you guys have been enjoying Red on the Block Monster. You know, what, have you been enjoying that block? That block by Red. I actually land on the block more times this season already than I have like ever. So yeah. Shout out to Red Man. Loving a block. Landed there today. Got some, got some, you know, some pickups. Yep. Cloaksine, T Tifu doing it all weekend as well. Landing if, there. If that's not a good indication. Of, Yo, the block is nice. Then, like, I don't know what is, right? Like, it was a legit spot. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, speaking of Tifu and Cloaksine, let's jump into it right here. Um, you know, basically the allegations. He, he came out and there was, a, there was an article done by the Hollywood uh, reporter. Is what, from what I understand. Um, I don't know, and, and I've watched a lot of stuff, I read a lot of stuff. I don't know if these are like just things that were filed in the lawsuit or if these were things that he spoke to the Hollywood Reporter and actually confirmed. But the main points are is that he, th- that FaZe is taking 80% of his money, um, that uh, he was pressured to drink when he was in a house in LA he didn't want to live in as well. He was pressured to live there. He's pressured to drink with under other underage YouTubers while being there. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- those are the, those are the big things that kind of come out 
to play when this when this happens. You know, immediately I saw it and I'm like, holy crap, what's going on? Right? Like I, I see I see the the all the tweets and everything happening. I got people literally DM, DMing me like, have you talked to Turner? And I'm like, no, I haven't talked to Turner. Like I know him, but we're not that close, right? So I, I've watched all the stuff. I've I've seen Banks reply. You know, I, I know um, Nade Shot came out and said, uh, "Hey, you know, there are a lot of. Hopefully, this doesn't put a basically. Hopefully, this doesn't put a dark cloud over esports because there's a lot of good people out there that do it." And Banks replied back to him like, "I can't yeah. believe you're you're giving into this. I can't believe you, I'm going to make you pay for you know jumping on this bandwagon." And then Nate Chuck came back. I was like, "Hey, look, this wasn't like a personal thing. I was just I think it got taken the wrong way. I was saying." Hopefully something like this doesn't, you know, make negativity occur in our space. Not about FaZe, not necessarily, you know, he's been friends with these guys for years. You know, when FaZe started, Nate Shot was coming up. And so they, they've been close, him and Banks as well. So I, it's crazy how something like, you know, somebody's decision to make something go public uh, can obviously affect other people's relationships as well. But, you know, Immediately, Banks comes out and says, we've only made $60,000 from Tifu. That's all they've collected from him and his millions of dollars of earnings. Banks confirms on a uh, uh, drama report today that, uh, that they literally have not taken any of his YouTube money, none of his Twitch money. They've been trying to negotiate with him ever since the beginning. People, uh, you know, He's been unhappy with his contract. Long story short... It sounds like Banks was really more hurt emotionally by it because of the fact that it was like his friend. He felt like he really helped Turner come up. They pulled up the numbers on Drama Alert about, you know, when he joined FaZe, he went from 160 viewers to thousands immediately. When he joined FaZe, his YouTube went up, you know, substantially. I had all these numbers showing, you know, that FaZe has brought this value to Tfue, and now for him to turn around and do this was really hurtful to the organization, hurtly to FaZe, especially because they aren't getting 80% of his revenue. Now, we haven't heard from Turner. Turner hasn't come out and talked about this publicly yet, so I'm not sure what we're going to get from from Tfue, what he's going to say. I know Cloaksy canceled his stream today because he didn't probably want to be asked a million questions, and he's trying to deal with it as well. I'm sure there's some internal issues with FaZe, right? I mean, Cloaksy plays with FaZe on duos. They've made it, right? and you know, is there going to be some beef there? Uh, lots of things up in the air. I mean, immediately, what is your take on all this, Monster? Like, you step back and you see it. I mean, Fortnite is at the helm and Tifu's at the helm of that movement as well. So, like, what does this do? Yeah, honestly, well, first off, it was, it's a shocker, right? Like, that, yeah. I, was, I was just blown away by everything that I kind of came across. I read the article first. At the end of that, I'm like, no way. Like, what? Like, this is happening. That's insane. Good for him to stand up and, and good for him, you know, to be who he is because he, he's kind of too big to fail right now in a way, right? But then as I start seeing the responses now, right? Then you start seeing Faze Banks come out and he's fired up, just literally firing off tweets, like 10, 20 tweets within a half an hour time period. Like, he is just going off you start seeing the other side of things and that's where again my influence or my, my perspective changes and, and it really comes out to man it's only been out for a couple of hours even now as we're recording not everything has surfaced the truth hasn't really been 
revealed, probably won't be revealed for some time. So, you know, I don't want anyone to jump to any conclusions. I was live streaming today. I saw people already saying like, dude, I was about to buy a phase hoodie. I'm not picking one up anymore. And I was like, dude, this is how much influence this little clash yeah, has. Absolutely. So the way I see it, man, it's a big L for uh, phase, regardless of whether or not they are innocent or, um, you know, guilty. It's a lose lose situation for the organization to have this really bad stain on their record, their legacy right now. Um, and then it's also like a lose for Tifu too, because on you, you, he has undeniably gained from being on the Feast Clan. Um, yeah. and and you don't uh, like we've seen people become too big for an org, right? You can like content creators can outgrow orgs. Um, but then again, if your contract is renegotiated you still can have a space on an organization. So it, it kind of does come down to, I definitely agree. Like whatever Tifu was, you know, signed to, let's say, come on, man, his value has 10 X worth, right? So for him to be upset and maybe not happy, et cetera, he probably, you know, he, he can stand justified on that. He can stand so, on blues for that one. So but, let's start there. Like, like it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't come out unless there's some controversy, right? Like, my immediate thought to this is both these people are so big, right? Phase yeah. Clan is so They're big. Both too big to fail. Yeah. Yeah. What? yeah, yeah. Phase Clan is so big and Tifu's so big that how was this not resolved behind closed doors? That was my response to every single person I talked to today was, I don't know how this was not. I've, I've worked in business my whole life. Yes. I do not understand how this is not resolved behind closed doors. And that leads me to think that the only reason it didn't is because Tifu wasn't getting what he wanted from FaZe. They were not bending. And from remarks that, that Banks made on the show today when he was talking to Drama Alert, when he was on there talking to Keemstar, was that he knew he was unhappy with his contract and that his remark, Banks' exact remark was, this is a way for him to get out of his contract and it's really sly, right? And so I don't, I, I'm not sure what, what I'll have any, I want to read a couple of tweets. Uh, phase bank starts off and there's a million from him, but he said, and, and, and this is a more of a, this is from the personal side. Honestly, a blank being professional. This is so beyond numbers and contracts, homie. I called you my family at Tifu, And now only, not only did I get blindsided, but you can't return my calls. I'm bleeping crushed dog. Right? So immediately as he wakes up, he sees this happening. This has happened. Facecam comes out. They said that this is their response to today's press regarding Tifu. It says, we're shocked and disappointed to see the news of Tifu's press article and lawsuit. Over the course of our partnership with him, uh, which began in April 2018, Facecam has collected and it lists zero for tournament winnings, zero for Twitch revenue, zero for YouTube revenue, zero for social media platform. But, but in fact, I was going to say, does on. that mean it's being withheld though? It, 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 these wordings, man. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? But, Just but it, being paid out or divvied out doesn't mean it's not being also like, hey, this is this is right here. We need to figure this out, right? That that's still like, I don't know, man. So gray, right? It gets so gray. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Uh, they go on to say, in fact, we only have collected a total of sixty thousand dollars from our partnership. While Tifu uh, has earned millions as a member of FaZe Clan, while contracts are different for each player, all of them, including Tifus, have a maximum of 20% to FaZe Clan in both tournament winnings as well as a content revenue with 80% to the player. In Turner's case, neither of those have been collected by FaZe Clan. 
We're proud of where we've accomplished together over the past year with Turner and we'll continue to support him. Uh, it gets dirty, though, because at one point, Banks tweets out a video of on Turner's YouTube video of a kid drinking underage shotgunning three beers in 30 seconds. Now, this is an old video that's from May of 2016, but like it starts getting dirty, right? Like they start pulling out certain things. And, and at a point, I, I, I understand that turn that, that Banks is hurt, but like, dude, you start, you start digging and it starts getting bad. You know what I mean? Like you, when you start pulling skeletons out of the closet of other people's, like it, it can get nasty sometimes. And I'm with you. Like, I don't know if it's returned. I don't, if from my understanding, his collections like Twitch pays him directly. They don't pay phase. Right. Uh, any earnings he weren't, he earned from Epic directly. I'm guessing they paid him not phase. Mm. Right. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but I'm guessing based on uh, understanding and, and how other orgs have talked to me, that's how it works. Um, yeah. and, and his contract with phase is where he would pay them certain money. Hey, I got this because of you or whatever. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, dude, long story short, it, it, it's not good. It's not good for either brand. Right. Like, am I missing something here? It's not good for the brands. It's not good no, for. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Like this entire situation is a big loss on both ends. Like. I'm sure we're going to see like Pifu begin losing subs as people that wholeheartedly support, let's say phase start pulling out of him and then vice versa, right? Like phase is going to take a big hit in sales and, and the amount of influence someone like Tifu has, like, this is just, it's not going to win on, there's no winner in this circumstance. And then of course you, you, you hurt, you hurt people in the process, right? Like, like phase banks has literally has Tifu tattooed on him. Like he got creator code Tifu tatted on there remember that was a whole video and stuff like that like yeah. this is much deeper than uh you know just just like politics if you want to call it that like you know the, these guys do have a relationship and that's why you know i kind of i kind of sympathize and, and and empathize right with banks in a way because like you know tifa's also just like cold cold shouldering him right now which i don't blame him either he hasn't necessarily released anything publicly from his medias either and this this also affects someone like like you said cloaksy at the start of the show Closey has nothing to do with this, but he's going to be a part of this collateral damage too. That's his teammate. That's his brother, right? That is yeah. his. And Tifu is obviously in a circumstance where he's he's battling on a business perspective, and it shouldn't you know affect his personal relationships. But you know, ultimately, it is. It's gonna it's gonna trickle down into all the chat rooms. It's literally the talk of the Fortnite Twitch chat. It's the talk of Twitch chat. Period. Um, yeah. That don't even play Fortnite. Like this is this is big controversy right here. It's big. It's it's big in a lot of retrospects. Uh, you know, you talk about the personal side of it. Um, you know, like it, it, Keemstar asked him. You know, how do you resolve this? Like, what do you do, Banks? Like, how do you move on? And like, for Tifu to ever be a member of Phase, like long term. I, I mean, I don't. I don't think you resolve it to that to that magnitude, right? I don't think that's possible. But the other thing is, is like this is a huge hit financially for Phase, although they haven't collected anything. So. For people that don't understand how how a lot of esports organizations work is, you know, obviously they make they can make money from a player winning an event, but they also when they go to champion right clothing or they go to, you know, Mountain Dew or Pepsi and they say, hey, we want to do a sponsorship with you, and they say, okay, tell us what your reach is, and all of a sudden you take the number that Tifu has provided out of the equation, yeah. it's still significant. Now, given 
phase is huge so they'll be okay like they'll still get contracts this will recover they'll get another big name they'll make another big player um and yes i say that they make because you look at the evidence like tifu was somebody who was a good player he might have been decently known but he wasn't gonna he would have never reached in my opinion he would have never reached the heights he reached without the support of phase um and that's just because and if he did it would have taken a lot longer right maybe they just didn't have the his projection would have been a lot longer it'd been two three four years down the road instead of immediately right when it occurred um and that happens a lot we see organizations sign players and all of a sudden they blow up that's just a thing that's that's what occurs um but the 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 business side of it the personal side of it and now you have you know the the social media side of it and like you said continuing to trickle down it, it i mean how long is this going to last i think i think this ripple is going to last for a while like the amount of this is like a tsunami right this is an earthquake in the middle of the ocean a big old earthquake and the tsunami's coming so the waves are they're out they're out to sea right now when they collapse yeah. on land basically that's when the real impact will come because this is just only the start i think that's the best analogy i can make because i really think something of this magnitude it hits the it really does hit the entire esports industry and that's why nashad said what he said it wasn't like like he said it wasn't a slight at banks it had nothing to yeah. do with banks but it wasn't it, with phase directly yeah it was, it yeah it wasn't about phase but it is the ripple that he already it's the foreseeable ripple that's going to come to the entire industry because now everyone looks tainted right it's like you know, what do their contracts look like or well, what did this guy sign or what are they doing behind the doors or what really goes on right it, it puts this big old question mark on this unregulated industry really right well yeah, especially if you think of somebody as big as tfue like if somebody complained that has 100 followers or 10 followers or they're or smaller smaller content creators yeah this, you're talking about the 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 legit two number one alpha dogs just had well big- and it's not and it's not just because it's not it's not just because like that person that maybe has smaller amount don't matter that's not the point the point about it is is that at the end of the day What's going to happen is com- companies are going to come in that want to get involved in the space, and they're going to be a lot more cautious because they're going to say, if somebody making that much money wasn't happy, like then we really have to worry about everybody else. You know mm. what I mean? Um, I, this is my final question to tie this conversation up is, is this a need for a player's union? <sighs> Do eSports players need a player's union like every other sport? They need somebody that's advocate, that's the frontliner for them to push it forward. Is it time? Have we reached that time in esports to have a player advocate advocacy? I think we've been leading towards this. Even just think about our old episodes. And whenever we start talking about esports and the youth, we always talk. They are naive. They need guidance. They need they this. Are? Yeah. And it's so true. The the guidance is not there. And you know, you you don't necessarily want to always feel like, you know, give in to the government or whatever. You know, some people are really like anti that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some like something has to happen here, right? Like a union or something. Yeah, I, 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 lines, player protection and just things like that. I, I do think they have to happen, and it's it's been going on for far too long. This is not the first controversy of uh, esports team doing something shady, right? I can, I can name a few off, off the bat, which I'm not going to dig there. I'm not going to, you know, go low like that. But there are, there have been issues and and mistakes and hiccups and. This is just the biggest one we've ever seen. And I mean, if you really think about it, it was it was on the horizon. Someone was gonna do it. It was it was some somewhere somehow with 
how players explode in today's day and age and the influence that they have, this was bound to happen. It's just unfortunate it happened with Tifu and Face. Well, and it gets even younger as Fortnite continues to break new ground and allow um, you know, new things to happen in esports like 13-year-olds compete, right? Yes. Um, what is it? Uh, 80% of the people that have qualified, don't quote me on this, but it's something like 80% of the people that qualified are under the age of 16 for the World Cup. Something some crazy like that. Yeah, it's like, something crazy. All right. So like the majority of people that qualified for World Cup so far are under the age of 16. Um, and so that just puts even more play, right? And, and I heard somebody say something to me today. Um, I think I was talking to uh, uh, Joao from RBK. And he's like, you would think if, if a parent is signing these contracts, they would read it, but they're not, right? And in some of these cases, it seems like they're not reading it. Um, and, you know, and, and, and that, I think that's feedback that he's received throughout being in the industry, right? Like you really want these people to sign these contracts and do these things, but like, make sure you know what you're signing, number one. But number two, there's also oblivious, like some parents don't understand gaming. They don't understand esports, what's going on. So they're just like, oh, my son's happy. We're along for the ride. We're going to make money. You're telling me things are good. Okay, I'll sign. Right. Um, they don't maybe they don't have the money to go through legal allegations and, and read and read the contract with a lawyer and, and really get some specifics. Right. There is a real issue, too. This right. It's not even knowing so, avenues to get that kind of support either. Yeah. So having somebody uh, or having a group, uh, an advocacy group for esports players, I think it's time, man. I think it's a, the real thing. It needs to happen. Um, you know, a lot of times we, we were able to, I think. Um, get away with not having that because it was such a young, uh, a young scene per se. Uh, it was still growing, but I think, especially with Fortnite pushing it to the the avenues that it has and really, really uh, pushing esports or involvement in competitive gaming more and more. Uh, I think it might be time for it. Um, that draws me to an email, an email monster. We haven't read an email on here in a very, very long time from a customer. And as you guys know, you can send all your complaints every week to monster directly. His direct <laughs> email address is fortnitepodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you send him emails there. Uh, this is coming from Dale Ryder. He says, uh, the, the topic of this is dropping out and it kind of goes along with this. Uh, you know, what, what is happening in esports? Uh, I'm curious about, he says, I'm curious about your opinion on this. I was just reading yet another article about pro players dropping out of school to play professional Fortnite. This one was written by and about Bizzle, Ghost Bizzle, most people know him. And he was talking about how, uh, about his come up. And at one point, it was the best decision I've ever made on the topic of dropping out of school. Which immediately made me think it feels like the best decision now. In my mind, it feels great now because the money is good and the tournaments are rolling. But what happens when Fortnite comp moves aside? Will he pick up another game or be relevant? For his sake, he better hope because if he doesn't, if he can't jump into another game competitively and has to go find a job, how is he going to look applying without a, even a high school diploma? And what this says to kids looking up to him or anyone else doing this. Uh, I haven't read the full article that was on uh, the player's lobby from Bizzle. Um, I was actually unaware if he dropped out of high school. Were you unaware if he dropped out of high school? Yeah, I had, I had no clue about him doing that, or if that's true, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, know, I thought... I knew they were been taught, like, I've seen other people kind of mention something along the lines of that. I remember 
remember remember the whole controversy with like emad and stuff he said something about that right. too remember something like oh haha you go to school like whatever like i'm here playing fortnite professionally and yeah that that whole like scuffle as well um i mean it is a thing which i mean how do you how do you think i think i think the overall arching question that i have about this is how do parents handle players that are going to school and want to stop and play Fortnite or stop and play COD or stop and play another game, right? Like, how do you handle that as a parent? Um, every kid is different. I think it's like discipline. Um, every kid's different. Every kid reacts differently. Uh, one kid might have aspirations before playing games to go into the real world, go to college, go to four-year university. Um, some might not. Um, I personally don't have a four-year degree. I went to college for three years. I'm not didn't finish. I was like literally 20 hours away, but it wasn't for me. Like it just, that wasn't the path I was going to take. And I've been very successful in the business realm, even without it. Um, a lot of that due to hard work, but you know, same for you. I think monster, like you had to make a choice. Like, am I going to go to college or am I going to stream? Right. Uh, and I think all these, I think anytime you involve any sport and game, you have to make a decision of what you're going to do. The only difference is we don't see gaming at a college collegiate level yet that we see other sports where people can make the decision later on in life. We're seeing that decision made earlier in life uh, saying, hey, I'm not going to college. I'm just going to keep playing esports. I'm keep going after esports. How how do you think this fares out for people like Bizzle? No matter what the circumstance, he doesn't have a college degree. We know that for sure. And he turns around in five or ten, five, five years. What happens for them? Is it, hey, as long as you make enough money, you're good? Or is it you can pick up and just move on from there? Or, or, or are they you know, doomed to step back and lose five, ten years of their life? Well, I'll start off by saying I, my, my personal, I'll give you guys a little, little history of myself just real, real quick. Um, I was doing streaming and college at the same time. I, I toughed it out and I had a part-time job, right? I toughed it out. I got my associate's degree. And then I said, okay, I knocked my education out. Let me double down on gaming and see where this gets me. Lucky for me, as blessed as I, uh, uh, it may be, I turned it into a career, but not without a lot of homework, molding, studying, and learning how to build a brand. Um, and this is why I preach to the people that tune in. And then when people ask me for advice, I give it to them because this is advice I didn't have coming through. Like you can make courses on this kind of stuff. Uh, but, but it really comes down to learning of your worth, your value, and then building a brand that will last not for the game you're playing, but for you as a person, as a content creator, as, as an influencer, most importantly. And that's why I've been able to successfully transition game to game. And that's why I also preach that this is the first game for many, and it's going to be the last as well, because a lot of them will not be able to swim in the sink or swim industry when their game goes poof. You know what yeah. I mean? And a yeah. lot of it because their foundation is so weak. It's so fragile. They are standing on glass houses and, and not, they, they just do not have the foundation and they don't, they don't have the knowledge and the guidance to help set them up for success. And a lot of it revolves around the toxicity and the energy they put out. And most importantly, the lack of drive. They think just playing in tournaments is enough. But like if you're an influencer, you gotta you gotta make content too. So um it's not just about playing pro. Like that can go any day now. You can become irrelevant, you can just never get lucky again and really walk away with a tournament and suddenly yeah. you're in for forever. You're not you don't have anything to kind of back that up. So um my take on it, yo, dudes, finish school, like do both, tough it out. Stop being a wuss, right? I know this new age and, and day, everyone's so fragile in media about what people say. You got you to gotta tough it out, man, because a, a lot of us come from a different time where you had to 
you had to really struggle to even make any kind of ends meet. And a lot of people are spoiled way more so than they think. Even with just general technology and stuff. Period. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's- no, I, I, I'm on the topic of you have to at least like for sure get your college, get your high school diploma. Like if you oh, don't have a high school diploma. Yes. Minimal. Yeah. I, I Minimal. But like yeah, yeah. at least go get an associate's degree. You're bang for your buck. Go to your community college. You man. know what? I, like, I, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely am a high proponent of community college. Like, if you don't know what you want to do, go there. Um, like I said, for me, I got three years in and I just happened to have a really good job that I was ended up being successful in. And I was able to continue on. And, and, you know, there's, there's two things that get you, uh, as far as success goes in the normal world these days. And that's either you have the college degree and the paperwork, the, you know, the, the time in there, to be able to have an opportunity to go, or you have experience in the field, right? Uh, and fortunately for me, uh, my dice rolled and I was able to get experience in the field, but I did attend college for three years and you learn a lot from that. You know, people say you learn a lot from like playing sports, putting your kids in sports when they're little, right? Winning, losing, how to work as a team, controversy. Same thing goes with school. When you go to school and you go to college, you learn a lot about how to deal with other people. How can you work with other people, right? Responsibility and time management. And just there's there's a number of things that come with all of these experiences. Well, Every, you probably wouldn't be who you were if you didn't do that, right? Like without a doubt. Like, like my first, my first course in, in criminal justice, my professor said something to me and like it changed me forever. Like it, it just just how tough he was on us, but he was also so fair. Like these these little interactions that you don't think create a ripple in your life. But they do, they change you and they alter you and they make you become smarter, stronger, and better, like quite honestly. Um, so yes, I think all of these interactions matter. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of a lot of stuff going on. A lot of a lot of, a lot of little little drama things happening in the community. Hey, you guys um, get philosophical up here on the Fortnite podcast, guys. Yeah, going yeah we, are, we are, we are. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks so much for the uh for the email though, Dale. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for writing in on um, being a part of the show. Um the uh, the big thing we got here. Let's run through it real quick. Week, week six qualifiers done, taken out. Uh, we got patch update nine point one last week. Give me a quick lowdown before we jump into the few things that changed. How do you think this patched changed competitive this weekend? Did it have an effect? And if it was, what, what did you see from it? Uh, my my catch line for the patch was this was a home run of a patch. Hit home really well with the community. And to double down on that, this weekend, ballers were still, or all vehicles were disabled for competitive. Community was very happy with the way the weekend tournament kind of turned out. It's from a player base. Uh, yeah, and the changes across the board, really good. Uh, drum gun, uh, buffed down, right? Changed, altered, got weaker. Ballers, also weaker. Impact rotations, huge, because they're, they're, they get taken out faster. Tactical assault rifle was a home run versatile weapon takes light bullets breaks builds does everything you need to do but it's not overpowered and dude that that's like about to sum up the patch it's a great patch so i want to ask you quick quick things drum gun i felt the adjustment myself as well you know especially when trying to take down builds it definitely feels weaker against builds right um but it's still very good but it's still good. It's still good. I think it's in a really good place. I do agree. It might have been a little bit on the powerful side before, right? But uh, but it, it's still a really good viable gun. Um, I feel like we saw it implemented with other weapons a lot more this weekend instead of just straight, you know, drum gun going hard in the whole time, right? We saw it combined with, uh, you know, the sniper, right? Hit, almost like 
because of the damage fall off to it, that they had to use a sniper to push into the box, right, if they were going on somebody's one-by-one, and then following up with the drum gun after that point, right? Um, or a lot of people were having to team shoot with drum guns into boxes to be able to break through and get to them quicker, when before, you would almost see one person go from one angle and one from another. They almost had to work in, in tangent this past weekend, watching a lot of the competitive play and doing that. Uh, so I, I, I agree with you. I think the adjustment is really good there. Um, are we, you, you think we're going to see ballers back in competitive at all? Like, are we yeah. just going to leave them out now? It's, it's already been officially, I guess, Epic made a, a statement already that in the next iteration, the next patch, which could come as early as tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, yeah. um, that they are going to bring back vehicles to competitive, which I, I think it's a blow. I, I was hoping that with the kind of the, I guess, unfortunate slash fortunate, you know, issue with the right. <laughs> exit in the vehicle bug or whatever you know it, it turned out to be a positive thing the community loved it and i thought maybe that would be enough to kind of sway their influence and say oh hey you know what fine let's keep them off see we'll continue that trend but you know well, there's they- so many there's so many items now that like you almost don't need vehicles you know what yep. i mean so i don't know i, I no, i'm I with you that. on it i feel that and but the one catch we always talk about the ballers is that protection you get so regardless of how much health they reduce it down to it's still a high speed movement, uh, you know, vehicle and, and it gives you a lot of protection, a lot of cushion, a lot of safety. So uh, we'll, we'll go back to seeing people hopping out with max mats and then see kind of how that shakes up the, the standings. But, you know, the best of the best always end up at the top and that's been proven regardless of the meta. So loving that. Yeah, right it's now. true. Uh, it, ha- it has been a lot of fun to see uh, the tactical assault rifle. Th- like if I'm going to ask you monster, do I take a compact SMG or do I take a tactical assault rifle? What do you tell me? Uh, you mean like a normal SMG? Do you take like a SMG yeah, yeah. over? Uh, I guess it depends. The compact on your is was vaulted, so it's not the compact or, anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it depends on your loadout. But honestly, I go a tactical assault rifle with drum gun, just so you divvy out your medium to light ammo ratio, and you still have a, a rifle that takes light bullets, and then you have the drum gun, which fills the sidearm that's burning up your medium bullets. So. The perfect balance is actually shotgun, drum, and then tactical assault rifle. That's just to give a nice, comfortable spread on your, uh, your loadout, make the most of your, your ammunition. So where are you putting your combat shotgun at? Oh, it's going in first slot. Still. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Shotgun into drum gun into tactical assault rifle. Okay. And then, and then are you still, you're still holding two items for heal and mobility? Yeah, yeah. It's still, this is still like a double heal meta or like yeah. a, you know, heal mobility meta. Uh, shadow bombs are just too good to put down, especially in the the upper tiers. They're they're flexible items, man. And that that's that's been the name. Like this has been the, the versatility meta, man. Every item they've released is just they're great sure. on all defense and or just play multiple roles, man. The combat, the tactical AR, and it feels like they got a really good balance on releasing items. I mean, the tactical assault yeah, rifle is in a really good off. spot from the yeah, from the jump. We're seeing, we're seeing hybrid. Um, hybrid uses on all of the items that have been released. And that's what makes them great items. John Wick LTM. I don't know if you have been loving it, but I know the community has been loving it, bro. Like crazy. I, and I don't know if it's like just this type of LTM, but like they nailed this too, man. Like this is the fun, most fun. I almost said funnest, most <laughs> fun LTM ever. Right? Like it, it, it has been great to be able to jump in there. It seems like, you know, you, it's almost like you have those attack points. You know where they are, right? Because they're marked one, two, and three on the map. So you know when you're going to engage them. You know how to go after it. It's continual fights. I like the three lives 
seems to be a really good balance. Like, what's your have you have you got to enjoy it? Have you really got to play it a lot? Like, no, yeah, yeah. The first the first day I grinded for all the goodies, so I got the umbrella yeah. and all that stuff. Which, by the way, like best umbrella ever. If you get a win in John Wick, you get the black one. Go get that, guys. Um, but yeah, I played with Nick A thirty and Phase replays, and we like slayed out. Like we were dropping super high Elim games. And uh, this is like the funniest thing I probably read on the Fortnite conference in a long while, but someone said that John wick LTM should be the state of competitive three, <laughs> uh, three live respawns. The person is on the map at all times. So players can make power moves. And it was so stupid, but someone was like, hell bit like, this is competitive game mode. I'm like, no, this is just a very fun LTM dude. Like it, 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 it is a, it is a fun game mode for sure. Yeah. And I could see like, but it, it would not play the same way if it was with competitive players. No, like, no, absolutely not. It was a terrible idea, but that's how, you know, it's a great fun LTM when someone says, yo, you know, this might be great for competitive. I'm like, no, no, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Re- I'm sure Reddit had its fun time with them as well. Oh, yeah. uh, we also got uh, real quick. Um, if you guys want to check it out, I'll put the link in the show notes. Zach B Audio uh, posted up the new uh, audio content features and fixes for uh, our uh, 9.1 release. So that's coming right down the patch. A lot of audio fixes that they're getting. A lot of things that people say, oh, you didn't hear it or you didn't get it. You know, different differentiations. Like if someone is, uh, if someone's footsteps, you know, their footsteps are going to be different. Them jumping down is going to be different than you. Uh, tons of great, tons of stuff. I mean, the list is so long, Monster. I didn't even share it with you because it is that long. Uh, but it's on Reddit. Uh, you can go check it out, guys. I'll put it in the show notes. Make sure you go there. Lots, lots of stuff coming up. Um, in this next release, next update as well. So without further ado, let's get out of here with a tip and trick. You ask, do we have tips? Of course. And do we have tricks? Oh, yes, we do. So is it up. All right, Monster. So with the new tactical assault rifle being out, what is the best way for someone to adjust or learn to a new weapon that you would have when something comes out? This is kind of what you should try, what you should do. Um. So I would I would look at it and then compare it to what role does it fit as far as your other weapons roles fit? So like there's obviously a close quarter class. Typically that's the shotgun high burst weapons. There's your sidearm class, your follow-up, right? SMG style class. Then there's your ARs and long range explodes and heals. Um, and then the movement cannot forget the movement. So first categorize it, figure out where you think it fits. If it's a hybrid, which a lot of these new weapons have been filling hybrid, Fill those rows out and then find, is it worth running over what slot and which one is it going to impact your gameplay the most? Some loadouts just get stronger when you pair them with other weapons and it becomes like a very dominant close quarter, you know, loadout. And then others become better at either setting up combos or uh, long range engagements. And a good way to kind of explain that to you guys for anyone tuning in, Flintknock. Flintknock's an awesome, extremely powerful close quarter weapon. Allows you to build from max height, save yourself from fall damage, and of course have that burst damage as well. But you got to sacrifice. You got to drop usually an AR, usually a sniper, usually something like that. And if you do that, you mold your loadout. So depending on your play style, take a look at the weapon and then figure out what role it fits. And understand that when you change your weapons, you change your role in your game and your play style. Um, and it's hard to give general tips on this one, but that's just a good way to look at it just from yeah. the outside. Get yourself in that mindset, and then you know uh, what loadout you get, and that works from game to game because not every game you're going to get the same loadout, so you got to play differently. I would say try some different loadouts too, like beyond oh, what you normally use, right? Like try something like, uh, uh, you know, try the tactical tactical 
uh, assault rifle along with a combat shotgun and you know go ahead and pull up uh, the regular smg you know see if see how it works out for you see if that if that combination works yeah it's all pretty close weapons for the most part right besides the tactical assault rifle but the combat gives you a little bit of that distance you know the tactical assault rifle has a little bit of distance on it so you maybe you could work those if you play more of a mid to close range game uh it also depends on your on your play style right like i think sometimes some of these weapons come out and they don't just fit they don't fit me right they don't fit my play style it's just not who i am uh but lately they sure have i tell you what you see the numbers monster Woo! i'm coming up there baby competitive fortnite here i come no no i'm completely i'm completely kidding well guys as always thank you so much for listening we hope you guys enjoyed the show shoot us a review on itunes leave us a comment on Podbean. tell us what you like and what you dislike about the show make sure you can email monster at fortnitepodcast at gmail.com and of course, as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast. Myself, Too Loud TX, number two, L O D T X, Monster D Face, M O N S T E R, the letter D F A C E. Monster, tell them where they can find you throughout the week, my friend. As always, guys, check me out on YouTube at Monster D Face on all of my social medias, especially Twitch. Twitch has been popping off lately, guys. So I'll see you guys there live in the mornings, uh, typically. And don't forget, you guys might be seeing me on the World Cup weekend. So. You know, bear with us as the scheduling for these live recordings can alter just a bit. But thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, it's all good. You keep doing your thing. We'll keep putting out content. It'll all work out. Well, guys, as always, and until next time, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. <laughs>